This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good morning, I'm Jane Pauley, and this is Sunday Morning. From desert watering hole to gambling mecca, to world-class family-friendly destination, the city of Las Vegas has come a long way, very long way, change that continues to this day with a booming population, a diversifying economy, and new status as the nation's pro-sports mecca. Proof? the event it will host next weekend as Las Vegas gets ready for the Super Bowl. Luke Burbank looks at a city coming into its own. The Super Bowl coming to town is just the latest proof that Sin City might not be as taboo as it once was. But was it Las Vegas that changed or was it us? It's been a shift not just in how Las Vegas views itself, but also how the world views Las Vegas. And how America views gambling, I guess. Very much so. Coming up on Sunday morning, Vegas reinvents itself again. Last month, it received five Academy Award nominations, including one for Best Picture. Bill Whitaker is talking with the women of American fiction. 
I knew it was going to be like this. Push the button, and everybody just... <laughs> That's that black girl magic. Yeah, yeah. They may come from different generations, but Leslie Uggams, Issa Rae, Tracy Ellis Ross, and Erica Alexander know what it's like to be a black woman in Hollywood. I got joy from seeing these beautiful young women getting an opportunity to show how fierce they are. Speaking truth about American fiction ahead on Sunday morning. Our Morocco this morning will recall what may have been the most famous party of the 20th century. And you're invited. Martha Teichner is taking a closer look at the issue of immigration, a debate that seems to grow more contentious by the day. Plus, a story from Steve Hartman. We'll take time out to mark the start of our 45th year on television and more this Sunday morning for the 4th of February, 2024. We'll be right back. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. You might say Las Vegas is on a winning streak. Next weekend, for the first time, it's hosting the Super Bowl. But as Luke Burbank reminds us, that's just one indication of how far Las Vegas has come. Hi, I'm Luke. Luke, welcome. Pleasure. welcome. Thank you so much. Looking out at Las Vegas with Mr. Vegas himself, Wayne Newton. You've been up in this a few times, though. Yes, I have. And it's wonderful, by the way. <laughs> You realize just how much this city has changed since he came to town back in 1959. There were seven hotels on the Strip. That's what Vegas was then. Do you feel like Las Vegas is being treated like a real American city in a way that maybe it wasn't always in people's minds? There's no question about that. And with that maturity comes something that was once unthinkable. The NFL announced today that our city will host the 2024 Super Bowl. Unthinkable because for many years, pro sports teams, including the NFL, refused to go anywhere near Las Vegas, thanks to its seedy reputation. When I moved to Las Vegas in the 80s, my family was concerned. I mean, I think legitimately concerned. Steve Hill heads up the Las Vegas Convention and Visitors Authority, one of the organizations that lobbied for years to get pro sports teams to reconsider their idea of Sin City. Even with all of that work, is it still surprising to you to think that the Super Bowl is going to be happening <laughs> here in Las Vegas? 
It really is. We thought that was completely out of the question. For a long time, there was the fear that the bright lights of Vegas might remind fans of one of sports' darkest days, when gamblers fixed the 1919 World Series. And when, after the famed White Sox fielder, shoeless Joe Jackson, confessed his guilt, it said that one weeping fan of his cried out, Say it isn't so. But that concern has diminished, says Brett Arbarbanal, executive director of the International Gaming Institute at UNLV. For a long time, gambling in Las Vegas, by extension, was viewed as kind of this unacceptable, maybe unethical, inappropriate, seedy, seedy, sometimes even evil thing to do. And a lot of that's shifted. There's much more acceptance of gambling these days. Ironically, says Abarbanal, some of that acceptance might be thanks to a 2018 Supreme Court decision that initially looked like bad news for Nevada. The court overturned something called PASPA, the Professional and Amateur Sports Protection Act. And since then, more than 30 states have legalized sports betting. So, in other words, the fact that anyone anywhere pretty much now in America can place a sports bet on their phone, Mm -hmm. it has not actually hurt the economy here in Las Vegas? It hasn't. It's grown alongside one another. Because, the theory goes, the more familiar people are with gambling on sports, the less worried they might be about pro sports teams being based in Las Vegas. Teams like the Raiders, the Golden Knights of hockey, the aces of the WNBA, and soon the legendary Tropicana Hotel will be demolished to make way for a new stadium for the soon-to-relocate Oakland A's. It's a big sports turnaround for a city that actually has some humble beginnings. This feels like the most unglitzy part of Las Vegas I've been to. Why are we here? Yeah, we are here because this is where Las Vegas actually began. Where the plaza sits today is where the great land auction took place in 1905 that founded the city. Brian Paco Alvarez is an anthropologist, tour guide, and lifelong resident of Las Vegas, who says there's a practical reason his town has been all in on gambling and entertainment over its 100-plus year history. It's a city that has to reinvent itself to survive. You know, we don't have a lot of industry here. He took us on a drive on what else? Las Vegas Boulevard. We don't have a lot of water, so we realized that the formula of having gaming worked for us. Nevada legalized gambling in the 1930s, but it was mobsters like Bugsy Siegel and Mo Dalitz who saw its potential, creating that Las Vegas Strip. With that danger in its DNA, the city leaned in hard to the sin part of Sin City over the years. I know, I know. These days, though, Vegas is betting that the once-in-a-lifetime experience of their town will be a key in attracting the TikTok generation. Things like Formula One racing right on the strip. Adele close up and personal at Caesars Palace. Or you two at the Sphere. The $2.3 billion concert venue that looks like something you might be able to literally see from space. It's so over the top that even we locals can't stop looking at it. I'll drive by and it always makes, it gives me a smile. 
because a lot of times it's a giant emoji smiling at me. Another reason Las Vegas is smiling, the city is back. 40 million people visited last year, nearly topping its pre-COVID record. In fact, more than 300,000 people are expected in town this week alone. And Wayne Newton would just like to take a moment to say thank you. Do you feel like you've kind of become, to some degree, the institutional memory of Las Vegas? Yes, I have, and I, I say that with a great deal of pride. When I do tour, many times they won't even say Wayne Newton. They say, Mr. Las Vegas opens at such and such theater. At first, I wasn't sure it was a compliment, but it certainly has become one, and I'm very proud of that. The truth of the matter is to call it Sin City is a misnomer because there's nothing that goes on here that doesn't go on in every city pretty much in the world. Come next weekend, Mr. Las Vegas will be in person watching the Super Bowl as some 150 million other people tune in from all over the world. As a city known for its glitz and glamour puts on what might be biggest show yet. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It may have been the most glamorous and exclusive event ever held in New York City. Moraka looks back at the infamous black and white ball and its provocative host. Good heavens, here comes John Kenneth Galbraith. The Maharani of Baroda is here, and the Baroness de Rothschild and Mrs. Lowell Guinness. In November 1966, a parade of bold-faced names, dressed in their finest, peacocked their way into New York's Plaza Hotel, as CBS News correspondent Charles Kuralt, in his classic reporter's trench coat, set the scene. And if those names don't mean anything to you, presumably you are not in the other half and you will be interested in this little report on how the other half lives. There was a reason a news network was covering this party. Author Truman Capote had invited 540 of his very closest friends. Just an endless list. Author Lawrence Lemer has written about Capote's extraordinary life, including his black and white ball. New York Times the next day, published a list, the guest list, it was unheard of. This was atypical because generally they would maybe do the list of, say, a White House state dinner. Right. Were people lobbying him? It didn't work. He just loved turning people down. 
Among the invited, Frank Sinatra and his then-wife Mia Farrow, Andy Warhol, Norman Mailer, Henry Fonda, and a 19-year-old model and actress. Do you remember getting the invitation to the ball? No, and it was an invitation that people were clawing to get. Yeah. It was New York at its most vicious. Candace Bergen was one of the guests. You knew that you'd have to get a mask. Yes. Halston stepped in. That would be Halston, the designer of First Lady Jacqueline Kennedy's pillbox hat. He had designed a white mink bunny mask for Marisa Berenson. Berenson, who became one of the highest paid fashion models in the world. She was also at the party. And she found something better. So Halston needed a person. And it was like, okay, you wear it, whoever you are. So I wore it. As an author, Truman Capote is remembered for Breakfast at Tiffany's and the groundbreaking book In Cold Blood. As a personality, Capote captivated and mystified audiences in TV interviews. He also played a character not unlike himself in 1976's Murder by Death. The victim is here at this very table at this very moment. For Capote, the masked black and white ball was something of a social experiment. In a masked ball, you see for the first hours of it, before the unmasking, anybody can dance with anybody they want to or talk to anybody they want to. It's a completely free thing. And by the time the unmasking come, you made a lot of new friends. <laughs> and that was the point. <laughs> the ball has been recreated in an episode of the new FX series, Feud, Capote versus the Swans. The Swans were the wealthy socialite wives who confided in Capote. He would eventually betray them by revealing their secrets in writing. It's an immensely cruel and nasty thing to do to your closest friends. It's unforgivable. How he thought they could forgive him is beyond me. But his falling out with high society would happen later. When Capote threw his ball, he was at the height of his powers. It was the ultimate fantasy for him. This, this poor little kid from Alabama could pull this off and get everybody to come there. The very planning of the party was the talk of the town for months. The party's ostensible guest of honor, Washington Post publisher Catherine Graham. The party was really for... Truman Capote. Do you think that Truman had a good time at his own party? Well, did he ever have a truly good time? I don't know. I'm sure he had a massive adrenaline rush. And obviously it was. The one we present to the world. Tom Hollander plays Truman Capote in the FX series, which doesn't gloss over the author's dark side. It's carnival. It's everything I've dreamt of since I was a little boy, this kind of true nakedness. He was addicted to alcohol. He was also addicted to high society. It made him feel good, but it was not good for him. He should have been at his desk. What was it in his personality that compelled him to throw this party? Well, the point in fun of having a party is who you don't invite. <laughs> a deep inferiority complex. So much fear there. It's all fear. John Robin Bates wrote the series. I always think he could have had another 25, 30 years if he had followed the advice of clean up and go into exile. When Capote threw his ball, he was coming off the huge success of In Cold Blood. 
it would be the last of his books published in his lifetime. He died 18 years later at age 59. Do you think most people there had a good time at the party? No, I don't think people had fun. But like all things in hell, uh, they pretended they were having a good time. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that a party could happen today and get that kind of attention? I hope not. It's too much. Yeah. I think it was a huge piece of theater for Truman. Right. And it worked. Would you say you had fun there? I was overwhelmed. Yeah. I had to be focused. It's like, pay attention here. Do you still have the mask? No. I had to return the mask. If you were rich enough or social or beautiful enough, you would have been here to see for yourself. And as somebody said, unkindly, if we were rich enough or social or beautiful enough, we wouldn't be standing out here in the halls. Charles Kuralt, CBS News, New York. Okay. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's an issue dominating the headlines and dividing the nation, immigration. So how did we get here and what can be done about it? We've asked our Martha Teichner to take a closer look. Look at just about any of these people, any mother carrying a child, and you can be pretty sure they've walked the length of whole countries. Along the southern U.S. border, where the razor wire meets the river, a humanitarian catastrophe meets an immigration enforcement horror show Tinder, and Spark, which have ignited what is now the nation's number one political firefight. If that bill were the law today, I'd shut down the border right now and fix it quickly. The latest flashpoint over that proposed bipartisan border deal, likely DOA after former president and candidate Donald Trump weighed in. There is zero chance I will support this horrible open borders betrayal of America. Meanwhile, the migrants keep coming. Last year, the United States spent more than $36 billion on immigration enforcement, more than for all other federal law enforcement combined. Since the Biden administration took office in 2021, there have been at least 6.3 million migrant encounters at U.S. borders. 2.4 million of those people have been let in, mainly asylum seekers, apprehended, then turned loose to wait for their court dates. 
and eligible for work permits after six months. A big incentive to come. Until your case is decided, it will be a very long time, and that does function as a pull factor, yes. We're talking about anywhere from four to six, seven, sometimes more years than that. Doris Meisner was commissioner of the U.S. Immigration and Naturalization Service during the Clinton administration and is now a senior fellow at the nonpartisan Migration Policy Institute in Washington, D.C. What the data show us are that if you are in the country for more than a year, it's highly unlikely that you'll be returned even when your case is turned down, if it's turned down. You'll remain here in a long-term limbo. The immigration court backlog is currently 3.3 million, a third of them asylum seekers. Of the asylum cases decided last year, more than eight out of 10 were denials. Why don't they do it legally? There is no line to get into to do it legally. We bring a million or more people into the country every year. Two-thirds of those people have a relative in the United States. We as a nation are forcing people to show up at the border, get apprehended, and apply for asylum. You could certainly state it that way. What have we got? A giant, messy catch-22, thanks to an outdated and politicized immigration system where a nation says if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. The accusation that what candidate Joe Biden said in 2019 was a big green light for migrants. What if I told you not everybody wants to solve the problem? What if I told you it is very lucrative, you know, both financially now, but also politically for so many people to be in this quagmire, to see these images? Texas Congressman Tony Gonzalez, a Republican, represents the epicenter of the migrant crisis, Eagle Pass. How can we just stop? My community needs help, immediate help. Show me your district. The 823 miles along the border, here's Eagle Pass, right in here is Eagle Pass. Where that ugly showdown is still playing out over who controls the border, Texas or the federal government. And speaking of political theater, by busing tens of thousands of migrants to already overwhelmed big cities with Democratic mayors, Texas Governor Greg Abbott has riled the likes of New York's Eric Adams. This issue will destroy New York City. Do you stand by that? Without a doubt. Uh, here in the city, 169,000. They cannot work to provide themselves. We have to provide food, shelter, clothing, cleaning, education, health care. That comes with a serious price tag, $12 billion over three years that is, that's coming out of our city coffers. We're better than this, America. How much milk do you produce a day? Uh, around 90,000 pounds. Which a, is day. a day. Wow which is 45 tons of milk. At Walter Moore's Dairy Farm in southern Pennsylvania, two and a half hours from New York City's migrant mess, you can see a whole different side of the crisis. Mariachi music to milk by. Brian and his dad Alejandro are here from Mexico legally. The dairy industry would have trouble surviving without immigrant labor. 
But Walter Moore, a leader in the field, has described the labor shortage as severe. The reason? Only seasonal farm workers can get visas. Dairy farming is year-round 24-7. Moore says change the law so badly needed migrants are allowed into the United States to do the work. Do you know farmers who have left the dairy industry because they couldn't find the workers that they need? Yes. You know, honestly, this is we've been talking about this for 15 or 20 years. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. You always have to look at where the political incentives lie. Jay Johnson was Homeland Security Secretary, responsible for U.S. borders, in 2013, the last time bipartisan immigration reform legislation came close to passing, but then failed. And ever since then, any effort to compromise has been deemed weak, has been deemed a political liability. We asked Johnson, about a fix. There's a lot you can do to surge resources, which solves the problem in the immediate term, in the short term. But so long as families are so desperate to flee uh, violence, poverty, corruption, they're gonna keep coming. You've also gotta continually send the message that if you come here, we will send you back. His solution, very similar to the framework of the bipartisan border deal address the things that serve as magnets in our immigration system, address the backlog, address the standards by which someone can qualify on the front end for asylum and then go into that multi-year waiting period to see whether or not they ultimately get it. More immigration judges, more asylum officers, more technology, more border patrol agents, all of those things, but always with a view toward what our values are as Americans. We are a nation of immigrants. We spoke to Johnson at Ellis Island, the very symbol of our immigrant heritage. Between 1892 and 1924, 12 million passed through its Great Hall. The space is being compared to the Roosevelt Hotel, where migrants are processed now in New York City. A lobby full of stories of how and why. But here, only one goal. Under the dictatorship, it was impossible to live in Venezuela. Meet Daniel, 24, a construction worker back in Venezuela. He was earning $10 a month, max. A month? A month. He tried several times to cross the border before finally making it in December. He understands very well that for his economic conditions, they don't provide asylum. So he will look into other alternative methods. Daniel, like every other migrant in this room, intends to stay, no matter what. Let's come together, find the practical, pragmatic solutions to controlling our border. It's what the American people want. Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too, until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. 
Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. It's a buzzworthy new film that's brought four of our most accomplished actors together. And it's now one of this year's top Oscar contenders. Bill Whitaker of 60 Minutes is talking with the women of American fiction. I'm seeing a sisterhood here. <laughs> you had never worked together before? No. It's so great. Though it's the first time Tracy Ellis Ross, Issa Rae, Erica Alexander, and Leslie Uggams have acted together in a film they said making American fiction felt like a homecoming. It's a special film. It is. For it sure. I feel very proud to be in it. I walked on the set and I just felt that we all belonged. Based on the 2001 novel Erasure, Do you have any books by the writer Thelonious Ellison? American fiction stars Jeffrey Wright as Thelonious Monk Ellison, a professor and frustrated author struggling to find his place in a literary world circumscribed by white perceptions of black life. Would you give us the pleasure of reading an excerpt? Monk's frustration grows when he hears Ray's character, Sintara Golden, read a passage from her wildly successful book. Girl, you be pregnant again? Riddled with every racial cliche imaginable. And if I is, Ray Ray is going to be a real father this time around. As a joke, Monk assumes a pen name and writes a book awash in black stereotypes. Deadbeat dads, rappers, crack, that's black, right? But the joke's on him. We love it. What? It is very, uh... Black? Yes, that's it. I'm happy you said it and not me. (laughs) When it becomes a roaring success. We think it is going to be the read of the summer. I'm sure white people on the Hamptons will delight in it. Yeah, we will. They, they, we, it's going to be huge. (laughs) At its heart, American fiction is about relationships. Welcome to the neighborhood. Erica Alexander plays the divorcee who lives across the street. If Sintara is the object of his obsession, then I'm glad that I'm playing Coraline, the object of his desire. It's a beautiful, mature relationship and love story, blooming. Welcome home, baby! It's a family love story, too. And like in many families, love doesn't come easy. Hello! Ross plays Monk's sister, Lisa, the glue binding the family. Leslie Uggams is Agnes, their mother, struggling with early-stage Alzheimer's. You look fat. I never liked that painting anyway. Off-screen, 
there was a lot of love for their co-star. Did you guys have any out-of-body moments watching him? Jeffrey? Yes, during the scene. I mean, there was definitely a moment where I was just like, oh, okay. When you're working with fabulous people, you raise the bar because you have to, <laughs> you, you better. <laughs> well, I was just thinking right? about kissing him all every day. Oh <laughs> I would, he would be near the craft service table and I'd mosey up and say, our scene is coming. Oh and he'd go, oh boy. <laughs> I was like, oh, get ready, dude. You're both fantastic kissers. Wright's monk is the central character, but he's defined by the women around him. His brother shines a spotlight on his flaws and his foibles, but the women are the ones who show us and show him who he truly is. That's black girl magic. Books change people's lives. Has something I've written ever changed your life? Absolutely. My dining room table was wobbly as hell. Oh my God. Before your last book came out, it was like perfect. They saw that black girl magic in the script by writer-director Cord Jefferson. It was on the page. Yep. He allowed these women to be full people. Yeah. Is that not something that happens often, especially for black actors? The brilliance of this film is that you have such a complete family story and one that I candidly would be hard to sell on its own. Ray, Ross, Alexander, and Uggams all had success playing accomplished women on television, roles they call the exception, not the rule. Writer-director Cord Jefferson asked, and I'm going to quote him here, why aren't black professors depicted in books and films as frequently as black drug addicts or black rappers or black slaves? Why is it that white people with the power to greenlight films books and TV shows have such a limited view of what black lives should look like. Why is that? I don't think it's a question for us. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we're reduced to plot devices and I think that what, what it is is like a lack of seeing us as human. I'm not saying they're doing it on purpose, but I do think that there's something in it, psychological, that wants to bring it back down to something that they can says, oh, that's more accessible. Do you like to read, Mrs. Allison? No. Leslie Uggams told us a movie like American Fiction would have been unthinkable when she started in show business seven decades ago. I love to walk in the rain. As a teenager, she became the first African-American woman to appear as a regular on a TV variety show. Sing Along with Mitch. I have to tell you, when you showed up, my family would run to the TV. We were all glued Everybody to the TV because Leslie Uggams was on. Oh, my God, it was an event. And the interesting thing about that is that the South had blacked us out. Yeah. They wouldn't take the show because of me. So that was controversial back then. Yes. But you've seen a lot of change. Yes. There's more of us on television. I mean, when I was starting, it was like maybe one commercial, and that was usually and Jemima in the pancake box Ooh. kind of thing. In the 1990s, Alexander was a breakout star of the TV show Living Single. 
In 2016, Ross became the first black woman in 30 years to get an Emmy nomination for Best Comedy Actress for her role in Blackish. Do you want your man or not? Do you know your plans or not? That same year, Ray's series Insecure debuted on HBO to much acclaim. They all give a nod to Uggams. What you scared of, girl? I ain't scared of nothing. Least of all you. What we've all been talking about, how you all have broken barriers, is that a burden to carry? I've said I'm going to blast through the door, and I've been doing that all my life. I don't take no for an answer. So it hasn't been a burden for me. It's been like, you know, mm. marching up the steps. Mm. Come on, let's go, let's go. We want to showcase the best of us, and I think it's, it's an insult, frankly, when we see what others think of us. The burden is only in confronting that. And if you look at Louis Armstrong, and if you look at Jimi Hendrix, and uh, the blues of the great Diana Ross, all you see are people who have defied the odds. And so that's our birthright. But I just feel that if we can do anything to lessen the burden so people can actually get on with the creativity, yes. Yes. that's what I think our job is, is to uh, make it agreed. easier for them to be funded and found. I think that is happening. Wish it would happen faster. Yes. You don't make the rules. American fiction is on a fast track. I'm just gonna put them back after you leave. Don't you dare. It already had garnered several awards and nominations this season. Now, five Academy Award nominations. Are you crazy? What if they fat check this? I check. There's barely money to pay editors anymore. Here you are getting Oscar buzz. Hmm. You're getting Oscar buzz for, for two movies. Well, yeah. all right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that one's a white movie, but yes. So We're talking about a black movie. Thank you so much. What's that like for, for all of you? I think Oscars award shows are complicated things. The reality is they open doors in terms of the business. Mm. All of us sit here and, you know, we're four women that have made our way through, but the amount of other women that have not been given accolades or even a seat with the work that they've done. And so, yes, it is an honor, it's a treat, but it also does not validate who we are, but it's great, and I really like putting on the clothes. <laughs> You've seen a lot of change in, in Hollywood over your career. From your seat here today, what, what's the future? We're just gonna keep in everybody's face. They need to start writing stuff more for us, but I'm hopeful. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. 
The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Steve Hartman this morning has a story that puts the expression, honeydew list, in a whole new light. After his retirement, and especially after his wife died, 76-year-old Danny Chauvin of Waveland, Mississippi, says he had way too much time on his hands. If you're alone with just your thoughts, does your mind wander places? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That you don't want to go? Yep. That's when stuff comes back to you. Danny served in the Army in Vietnam. He's been treated for depression and PTSD. But to keep his sanity, he knew he also had to keep busy. But how? And that's when Danny realized one of the things he missed most about his wife was all the little handyman jobs he used to do for her. So a few months ago, he posted a note on Facebook. If there's any honeydew jobs that you can't handle, I'm willing to help. And it spread, spread like wildfire. Thanks for coming to help me out. So now every day, no problem. sometimes four times a day, Danny fixes the hole in his heart by fixing just about everything else. He's working on fixing a closet door. And then he hung my porch swing. He put in a shower and he did my screen door. <laughs> and the best part? What does he charge for all this? The price. Zero. Nothing. Charge does nothing. He showed much kindness to people. We can fix that up. Most of the people Danny helps are women, most single or widowed. They call him the honeydew dude and say he's just about the only guy they know willing to help with these small jobs. And obviously, no one's going to match his price point. In fact, when the work is done, only thing he takes is a picture, a reminder that he is not alone in his struggle. Right now, i got a lot of friends, a lot of friends. Is the PTSD any better now that you've started doing this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I was looking for. Cross finding happiness off the honey-do list. Voila. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. The NCAA women's basketball had an incredibly successful season, and now your favorite players from the 2023 to 2024 NCAA season will be in the WNBA. To all our veteran fans, welcome back. And to all the new fans joining, welcome to the W. This season, watch as proven legends Brianna Stewart, Asia Wilson, and Sabrina Ionescu continue their dominance, while rookies Caitlin Clark, Cameron Brink, and Angel Reese prove themselves on a WNBA court. The w 
WNBA is redefining basketball on their own terms this season, keeping the game and players front and center while celebrating the intersection of identities and perspectives that align with fans. Welcome to the W. You're in for some world-class basketball. As you may have seen, last Sunday we devoted our entire broadcast to remembering our friend and beloved colleague Charles Osgood. But last Sunday morning was special for another reason. It was our 45th birthday. Good morning. Here begins something new. With those words, on January 28, 1979, Charles Kuralt inaugurated a new kind of television program, a leisurely 90-minute news magazine insulated from the bustle and clamor of the non-stop news cycle, a program devoted to the kinder, gentler topics TV news often overlooked. From the beginning, we've told you stories about things that inspire us, transport us, and uplift us. Stories about the artists and doers and dreamers who show us the best of ourselves. Presidents and popes, ballet dancers and ball players, authors and actors and artists, ordinary and extraordinary people from all walks of life. Showcased by some of the best journalists around. Of course, some things have changed over the years. But Sunday morning's mission remains the same, to illuminate the human condition in all its beauty and complexity. As we mark this milestone, most of all, we're grateful to you, our viewers, some of whom have been here from the start. After nearly half a century, we can say, with maybe a little immodesty, that we're proud of what we've done and who we are. Here's to all the Sunday mornings gone by and all those still to come. Thank you for listening. Please join us when our trumpet sounds again next Sunday morning. If you like CBS Sunday Morning with Jane Polly, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Catch every episode of 60 Minutes, America's most-watched news magazine show, as a podcast. Hear in-depth investigations across politics, news, and entertainment on your schedule. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast wherever you get your podcasts.